the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom. Have you experienced God's presence? Let's talk about it today. But first, let's pray. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King, we dedicate this program to you as we dedicate all our programming to you. And Father, we dedicate our lives to you. And we want to just be in the power of your presence, where the anointing is, where your love is just throughout what we do and who we are. So, Lord, let this be a wonderful teaching that touches people's hearts and encourages them and strengthens them for their walk with you. So we bless you, we thank you, and honor you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Okay. Well, I'd like to continue to thank people who have supported us both with prayers and with your emails and letters and your finances. And certainly, uh, if you are able to be a partner with us, as we never really collect enough money to cover the airtimes, so it would be a great blessing if you would be one of our partners. And so anything you can do would be great. Be a blessing. Call our office 813-831-5673. And you can speak to Karen or Delcita. How about that? Okay. Most of you have friends who are Jewish and pre-believers. So this is a great time to visit us. Come Saturday, Friday night or Saturday, uh, check our website for locations uh, and times. We have locations in St. Pete, South Tampa, Wesley Chapel, and a Spanish service as well. So um, let us know. We love visitors. Our heart is to see all people, but especially those who are Jewish, come to know in Yeshua as their Messiah. And soon the festival of Passover will be upon us. We'd love to come to your church or Bible study or fellowship and demonstrate or speak about Passover as one of God's appointed times. Passover will fill you with new information, inspiration, and strengthen and encourage your faith. For more information, again, call our office, 813-831-831. Five six seven three. You can always email me your thoughts or questions at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. 
So this week, in the reading of the parasha, you know the parasha is that portion we read each week, I came across the following verses. Exodus 33, 13 through 16. Now then, I pray, if I have found grace in your eyes, show me your ways so that I may know you, so that I might find favor in your sight. Consider also that this nation is your people. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest, he answered, meaning the Lord answered. But then Moses said to Adonai, if your presence does not go with me, don't let us go up from here. For how would it be known that I or your people have found favor in your sight? Isn't it because you go with us that distinguishes us from all the people on the face of the earth? Wow. So uh, consider that we are distinguished from all peoples on the earth by our ability to be seen as being in God's presence. Would you take a moment and think about that a bit? That is a biggie. I'm not sure I ever looked at it that way. Moses saw the presence of God as so important that he would have forgone the opportunity to go into the promised land if God's presence wasn't with him. The presence of God is something Moses prayed for and something that he came about through God's grace. It was a sign of God's favor upon him. Wow. Are you like the Israelites who knew God's presence was with them but didn't experience his presence for themselves? Or are you like Moses who knew God's presence because he he not only saw it, but he experienced it? Today, we're going to look at God's presence and try and understand the heart of Messiah. Let's look at God's word to begin this discussion. In Psalm 139, verse 7 and 8, it says, Where can I go from your ruach, your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you're there. And if I make my bed in Sheol, look, you are there too. And then we see similar thinking in Jeremiah 23, 23 and 24. Am I God only when near? It is a declaration of Adonai and not God when far off. Can anyone hide himself in places so secret that I will not see him? Do I not fill heaven and earth? It is a declaration of Adonai. There seem to be two concepts of God's presence in Scripture. As we see in Psalm 139 and Jeremiah 23, God is omnipresent, which means he's everywhere at all times. He's here with us now, was here before we started this radio program, and he is and was with you wherever you are and at all times. That's good news and bad news. The bad news is that he sees and knows everything about us. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the good news is that he's looking at our heart. 
not just our works. As our awareness grows of who he is, that he is all-knowing, ever-present, all-powerful, holy, loving, just, merciful, and fully in control, that kind of awe brings us wonderment and a healthy fear of him. God is always with us, and so we can be confident when we read the following scriptures that they're true. Isaiah 41.10, Fear not. For I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Or Joshua 1 9. Have I not commanded you, Chazak, be strong? Do not be terrified or dismayed, for Adonai your God is with you wherever you go. And Deuteronomy 31.6, Chazak, be courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble before them. For Adonai, your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or abandon you. So that is one type of presence, you know, where God is all around. However, there is the presence um, also that Moses referred to, and oftentimes when we talk about the presence of God, we refer to that same sense, and that is when we see God working in our lives, a time where he's actually engaged with us. We sense his anointing. His, we sense that in a room, or we sense it upon ourselves, or, or whatever. Some wonderful believers have not experienced God's tangible working in their lives. And other believers seem to be experiencing God at all times in their lives. The majority of people we read about in Hebrew scriptures often had encounters with God. Um, However, not so much the people of Israel. So, like Abraham, Noah, Moses, King David, Daniel, Isaiah, and and others seem to have a regular conversation with God, and we're obviously in his presence. But the children of Israel? Not so much. Consider this scripture as we contemplate about being in God's presence. Exodus 40, verse starting with verse 34, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of Adonai filled the tabernacle. Moses was unable to enter into the tent of meeting because the cloud resided there, and the glory of Adonai filled the tabernacle. Now, whenever the cloud was taken up, from over the tabernacle, B'nai Yisrael went onward throughout all their journeys. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not move out until the day that it was. For the cloud of Adonai was on the tabernacle by day, and a fire was there by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys." How is it possible to see the tangible presence of God for 40 years and not experience it for themselves? I'm assuming they didn't experience God's presence. Probably only Moses, Aaron, Joshua, and a couple others did. But isn't that true today, too? There are people who know about God, believe in God, but rarely or never 
have they experienced the presence of God? Why do you think that is? I've thought long and hard about this. I have prayed about this, and I have come up with the following. The first thought about God's presence is that his presence is all around us. However, the second thought is that God's presence is part of his active participation in our life. We feel his anointing and the power of his spirit. This is the area that many believers, like the Israelites, have not experienced for themselves. They can be at the same service where many sense the presence of God and others walk out that service feeling nothing. Why? I believe most things that we cannot see or experience have to do with either our lack of faith or a cultural block or both. What do I mean by a cultural block? Our culture is so anti-spiritual things that we have an automatic disposition against them, especially the supernatural. We have to break our preconceived ideas born from the culture we grew up in or the culture all around us that are anti-miracle, anti-spiritual, and even anti-God. People want to put God in a box. They struggle with putting scripture above their own experiences and preconceived ideas. Let me give you an example from my own life. I accepted the Lord at age 18. (laughs) Unfortunately, it took me seven years, but I started actually walking with the Lord on a day-by-day basis, roughly at the age of 25. And I still had, even at that time, a hard time saying the name Jesus. For that matter, I had a hard time saying the name Yeshua. It literally took this Jewish boy here, who's in the ministry now, right? Years before I was comfortable with saying the name of Jesus or Yeshua. How long did it take me to accept the possibility that healing was for today? As a good Jewish boy, that seemed impossible until I saw my wife physically healed from a skin ailment that she had had for many years. Until then, I was a skeptic. But all of a sudden, I realized that the scripture that I was reading I needed to understand it was true. So it is as we consider being in God's presence. Unless your family were strong believers, we have not context to believe that it's possible. It sounds like a fairy tale. Certainly, Being in God's presence is hard to define. Some say it's when you feel chills or when a song moves you. However, I feel we are in God's presence way more than we think. And we should be able to recognize it and sense it. But we have to break that cultural or self-inflicted block that we have unknowingly set up in our mind, in our head. Look, this is said well by Romans 12, too. Do not be conformed to this world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 say this, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Messiah, keep seeking the things above, where Messiah is sitting at the right hand of God. Focus your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. The more we can make God our focus, the more we can push aside that block which is our go-to, our natural inclination. It's the result of cultural brainwashing. That brainwashing of our society upon us causes us to have a lack of faith that keeps us from recognizing when we are in God's anointing and when God's anointing is working in our midst. We might have faith for salvation, but not for miracles, right? We might not have faith for healing since we see people who have not been healed. However, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of realities not seen. So we need to experience the evidence of, of the realities which are not seen. How often in Scripture were things not seen, but they were the reality of the situation? Hebrews 11.6 says, Now without faith it's impossible to please God, for the one who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. I believe that knowing and experiencing the presence of God is tied up with having faith that the gifts of the Spirit are for are, are real, and they really are for today. In my mind, there are similarities in believing that the gifts are for today and for us, and with the fact that God's presence is also today and for us. Does that make sense? I would also say that if you are using the gifts of God's Spirit, you are automatically experiencing the presence of God. Does that work for you? Think about it. Does that work? So let's look at the main chapter that has spiritual gifts so we can kind of connect this idea. And then we, of course, find that in 1 Corinthians 12. As we read this, let me repeat my question. Can you agree that when you are experiencing and working with any of the gifts of the Spirit, you are in the presence of God? So let's take these verses one at a time and see what God is trying to tell us. In verse uh, chapter 12, verse 1, it says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be ignorant. Okay, so this must be a stumbling block for believers at that time, because Paul's making a specific plea that the people of God should not be ignorant of God's spiritual gifts. And I could say the same thing now, right? 
You, and then verse two, you know that when you were pagans, you were enticed by idols that cannot speak and you got led astray. And this understanding here is that idols don't speak and, and God does. So as idols lead one astray, God in his spirit and being in his presence is to lead you into a godly way. Looking at verse four through six. Now, there are various kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are various kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are various kinds of working, but the same God who works all things in all people. So, as we get kind of close to the close of our day today, let me make my controversial statement here. In this last verse, it says that God works all things in all people. From this verse and others, I understand in the context of God's gifts that all people have all of God's gifts. Now, some of you are going to say, that's impossible. I've never spoken in tongues or been prophetic or whatever. Well, let me continue. That means that all of us have all of God's gifts. Sometimes we get larger gifts, which means we are especially good in carrying out those gifts. And then sometimes we get a smaller gift, which means we might not seem to even have the gift in abundance. We might not even think we have it. However, we have all the gifts, some greater, some smaller. And I believe that when we focus and exercise and practice these gifts, they become larger. And when we ignore certain gifts, they become dormant. But to each person is given the manifestation of the Ruach for the benefit of all. Verse 7. Certainly all gifts from the Lord are to benefit everybody. But here's the key. Verse 8, for to one is given through the Ruach a word of wisdom, to another a word of knowledge according to the same Ruach, to another faith by the same Ruach, to another gifts of healing by the one Ruach. Some of you might say that you don't have the words of wisdom or knowledge, but would you say that you have no faith? If you are a believer in Yeshua, As your Messiah and Lord, you have faith. It is by faith that we make that proclamation. However, maybe you don't have faith for the gifts of God's Spirit for today or in your life. But do you see? It's a matter of faith. And we are always seeking to enlarge our faith, to trust God more, to see all of God's words as truth in order to lead to our transformation. Well, I've got to stop it here, but we're going to continue because I want you to really understand this concept of of faith and uh, the gifts of the Spirit and the presence of the Lord. So, let me just say that if you believe this program is valuable, we'd love for you to send us a a financial gift. That would be an incredible blessing for us. And uh, we appreciate anything that the Lord puts on your heart. You can email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. The best thing really is to call our office at 813-831-5673. 
We'd love to visit your church, your fellowship, your Bible study. Call us, uh, especially to talk about Passover, but we have many things we teach on. And also, we love visitors, so please visit one of our congregations. Go to our website, Shoresh, S-H-O-R-E-S-H, david.org, for times, dates, locations. Let's close with a word of prayer. I pray, Father, that we would acknowledge, Lord, your gifts in our life. And one of the gifts not mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12 is the gift of being in your presence. So, Lord, help us to sense this, this understanding, so that we could recognize and acknowledge your presence day by day, and that we could be like Moses, who speaks with you daily and hears from you daily. So I pray that all those who are listening will grow in this area and in their desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.